We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's playoff oh, time. My goodness. How many times did you text me tonight? <laughs> well, one, that was a wild ending. I-, I thought last year's last day of the season was wild with like no one knowing how team three through six would land. Uh, but this one went even deeper, and it's personally annoying for me. So, Well, it's annoying for everyone apparently, because everybody wants to see the Warriors and the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. I'm jumping the shark here, by the way. I don't really care about that. Um, uh, I just have a bunch of commitments during the second <laughs> round, so I don't want to, like, you know, deal with that. Um, Let your podcast playoff preview where we talk about Sam's personal life for 30 <laughs> minutes. No. Um, um, no, but, but isn't it? Don't you want to see it in the Western Conference Finals? You'd rather see – I guess it's Warriors Thunder now. Am I going too fast? Am I going? Am I? Am I? Right, uh, let's let's back this up. So they got Clippers yeah, let's in take round a step one, back. and um, some some of the Warriors media people are just gonna be very happy to get all hipstered in that one. You know, you could talk about how Shea Gilders Alexander is <laughs> great, Montrez Harrell. You know, you know, Strauss is gonna just love talking about Montrez. Um, you got Lou Will. Um, honestly, I mean. I, I can make fun of them, but I really like this Clippers team. <laughs> on one hand, you like to make fun of hipster fandom. On the other hand, you like them for being. On that the other team. hand, I am hipster fan. So, <laughs> um, I agree with you, man. I, I think they're they're one of those teams where you want to watch in the regular season, though. Like they, they are absolutely one of those teams where it's fun to watch on a March because they're trying really hard and they have a really good coach. But then come the playoffs, like, how is this team going to score? How is this team going to defend? Just what like are they? The higher level talent. Like, it, it's really yeah. what it comes down to. They have, like, 10 guys you want on your team. Just none <laughs> of them are guys you want to be your best player or even your second best player. Do they even have a player that, like, that the Warriors are scared of? They have a, do they have a single player the Warriors are truly scared of? No, I, I, would I mean, say Lou, no. Lou Will can cook. And, um, you know, his postseason numbers aren't good either. And, you know, Beverly's annoying. I mean, yeah, exactly. They're, they're a bunch of guys you really would like on your team, but just not as the focal point. There's no – This um, is the dream match, right? Yeah. I mean, although Steph had the little foot problem and the idea of him going against Beverly after that, not great. Ooh, great point. Yeah. You know, no, so let, let's scare the Warrior fans who – I mean, how stressed were you when he sprained that ankle? Were you watching it? I was, I was just coming back from work. I missed it, but I saw the 2000 replays that that was on the timeline. How um, stressed? Yeah. Same, I mean, same as you five o'clock starts are tough. 
for for those of us who who have, have jobs. A job. And um, I don't know anyone who gets around San Francisco in under thirty minutes. So that's another <laughs> issue. Actually, forget that. Just the entire Bay, really. Maybe maybe, I, if, maybe if you're in uh, Antioch and you walk down the street from your house, you can you can do it in two minutes. But you know, most people know. Random Antioch uh, shout out. Not really sure. My buddy owns a house in Antioch. I think it's like two hundred thousand dollars. No, that's that's. Uh, Was it three hundred thousand dollars? Come on, it can't be any more than that. Eh, all right, we're we're done with Antioch. Um... <laughs> hey, but no, but seriously, I, so my thing with Steph's ankle is they they didn't get an MRI. Um, it seems like he's fine. Apparently, um, he should play game one. But my fear. Uh, like the in 2015-16, was that Steph sprained his ankle and then he hurt his knee. Now it was kind of fluky, but these things add up. And the reaggravation. Exactly. The last thing you want to see is Steph roll this thing again in like game four of a sweep, and all of a sudden he's iffy for game one against the or something. Right? It doesn't even have to be that, but it's just that that's the worst thing you want to do. And I I don't think you can blame Steve Kerr. Uh, you're just—he's gonna play. Steph wants to play, and he's gonna play. And he hasn't gotten hurt. Since Here's the he thing: everyone's born. always saying rest the players, but everyone also complains when they don't play. And I, I think we've reached the point where everyone does. It's like paralysis by analysis, where it's like, oh, why are you playing him? Oh, why are you doing that? It's like, well, okay, at a certain point, they just have to play. Yeah, you know, it's not like the the opposition was was up on him. That it just happened. It yeah. could have happened in practice. You know. Yep. Yep, it could have happened at any time. I, I don't think you can blame Steve Kerr for that. I think, and like, do you want to be the guy that tells Steph he's, he can't play? Right? From what we know, Steph is someone you that wants the, to play every game. Do you want to be the guy who tells an arena full of fans who are there only to watch him he can't play? Like, I mean, it's 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 a little unethical. I don't know. It's 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 kind of rough. Everyone like, I feel like people who say like, oh, just rest him, just play him fifty games a year are the same people who've never bought a ticket in their life. And, you know, the same people who are like, you know, pay them everything, but again, don't pay for the product. Like at a certain point, like there has to be a little good faith. And like, if Steph's healthy, he's going to play. And if it's a game that doesn't matter, maybe he won't play as much as he would in a playoff game, but at least he's going to try. Right. He's not. Yeah. No, you're a hundred percent right. He's not going out there. You know, I just like, for me, it's like, you know, the fans are the fans, but what, Steph's not hurt. He's not hurt. He's not coming out there with like he's not like one game off of injury. There's not. Yeah, he didn't have. He there. never. He never cast on his hand from punching the, the whiteboard. <laughs> there's nothing that would have said like, "Hey, he's gonna sprain his ankle here." Like, there's nothing there. Let him play. Um, but uh, back to the Clippers because I, I think we're we're okay with the Steph thing. Back to the Clippers. Are you? Like, let's at least throw a scenario out there that could take this to, like, five or six games, I, I guess. Like, what what could possibly happen here that would worry the, the Warriors? Um, <laughs> they are a good team. They will, like, the Warriors are going to have to try to beat them. They're not, they can't just walk through them. And we're talking about an L.A. trip here, too. Oh um, there's there's a very good chance that they'll be hung over at least one of the games. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's, game it's, three for sure. That's the one they always screw up, right? I don't know, I don't know what to really say. Like obviously the Warriors should sweep them if they want to, but the Clippers are good enough to take multiple games off of them if they just don't try. So I mean, it really comes down to you know what kind of effort they're going to give it, which seems lame for the playoffs, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you remember uh, sixteen, seventeen when the Warriors came out there and they swept the Blazers. Um, I think there was maybe one or two close games, maybe, but in that game four they came out and they just completely closed them out. I think it was like forty to like fifteen in the first quarter or something, something wild like that. I, I think that's something that the Warriors should look forward to doing. They've been playing so well uh, the last month, month and a half, that I, I do think they will come out with that effort. I think it's you, something that... Okay, I have a question for you. Do you think that seeing Houston on their side of the draw, so knowing that you know round two they're going to get Houston more likely than not, is going to motivate them to come out harder? Or do you think that has no effect? Uh... 
Because you could make the argument, knowing that they have Houston, um, you know, starting like March for, or sorry, May first, so round two, as opposed to later on, would be the kind of incentive they need to not mess around with the Clippers. I don't think it has any effect. I, I don't think so. I don't think they care that much. I think if they if it had an effect on them, I think it would mean that they are scared of Houston. I don't think they're scared of Houston at all. I think that's probably why they almost lost last year in seven games. I don't think they're scared of Houston at all. And and here's the thing. They're in such a better spot this year um, health-wise against Houston and just chemistry-wise, at least from what we know from, from here, from this vantage point. They're just so much more – I mean, back me up here. I may be wrong, but they're just healthier. They're just – ready to they're playing as a team in a way that we want right i don't see kd coming out here and chucking up 30 shots like i don't think we're gonna see that i don't think we're gonna see that kd and so i, I think we're it is, seeing it is team. worth noting versus the rockets their win against the rockets was that without kd and um well let's just fast forward to this we're, they're gonna take care of the clippers um their issues with the clippers has been the clippers or sorry that the rockets had they've kind of baited KD into ISO ball Mm -hmm. and he can beat you that way. It's just, but it's less efficient than the Warriors playing Warriors ball end of the day. Right. Right. And I, I don't know, you know, like they, they should still take care of them, but are you still concerned a little bit that they'll kind of revert to that? Because we haven't seen him play against them and do well this year. Yeah, there was a couple. And yeah. even last year, I mean, by game six or seven, it, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't that KD figured it out. It was more that other guys took over and kind of just asserted their will, and they just went that way. Yeah, I, I don't think it was pretty last season. I think if we rewatch the games, if it was never like there was no, hey, the Warriors are going to win this. This was never in doubt. That that was not the feeling last season. In, in last uh, in that series, I think that's what's probably going to happen this season. And I know I said the same thing, um, but Demarcus Cousins is a problem. He yeah, is a but, real problem. But I know they what you're going to say they yeah. didn't run pick and roll at him when he played him last time. Like, and you and I both know D'Antoni's not going to. He's not Steve Kerr who won't just attack what he perceives as a weakness. That was – I almost felt like that was gamesmanship. Like, I don't want to show – I don't want to give you video of how we're going to attack Cousins. Okay, so the flip side of that, the offense, right? So much of last season was the KD ISO. And he was isoing against P.J. Tucker, and Steph was kind of knocked out of the offense there for a while. I see Cousins as somebody that actually matters and could counteract what they do on defense. The switching – uh, the movement and the and the play against he Capella. Takes, he takes he takes CP in the post, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I and and I think that's something that matters because they can throw into him too. Because I think at this point, I don't think we expect a heavy dose of Steph KD pick and roll off the bat. Right, that's not happening. We can or, agree on that. Or ever. Or ever. <laughs> so I think you're more likely going to see Demarcus Cousins have a lot of looks, um, and I think that that'll be a good thing. Um, and so. And the and the Houston just can't defend as well as they did last season. Yeah. Well, let's not, let's not get into the weeds of that matchup because you know Utah could beat them. Um, but you think? I'm I'm going like nine. I'm going ninety ten Rockets. Like Utah's Utah's good enough to hang with them to a degree, but mm-hmm. they'd have to. It's not. It's definitely in Houston's favor. Um, yeah, he, Utah can't score enough. That just that that series. No, wanna... and like Rudy Gobert is the type of player who he can really dominate a team who struggles to shoot the ball, and Houston's the opposite of that, right? Yeah. Um, like because he, he if if you're like Russell Westbrook, dependent on getting to the rim, he can he can mess your life up. But if you're Chris Paul and James Harden, and that's not like the staple of your game, well, he's just kind of hanging out, right? But what I was going to say, because I want to take this more um, abstractly, do you think it's beneficial to the Warriors or the Rockets that they play earlier in the playoffs? Uh, Houston, for sure. Okay. Because, um, and this is the obvious one that everyone has pointed out, it's Harden gets tired. That's the excuse. But whether that be the excuse or not, he gets tired. And Chris Paul, by the way. 
yeah, and Chris Paul, that, that hammy can go at any time. Um, and so I think that's uh, better for Houston. I don't think any in any scenario any of this is good for Houston, sure. just from an optics but perspective. I, but they're but always yeah. gonna they're gonna have to go through the Warriors to yep. to get out of the West either way. Um, so the the question is, are you better suited playing them earlier or later? I, I think better earlier. And before you answer that, here's the thing: let's say Houston takes the Warriors down in seven. Do they even beat OKC? <laughs> right, like. After that tug of war, I, that's a problem where I, I could see OKC then going to if Paul George. No, no, but anyway, you're right. Anyway, they're they're anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah. they're so two player dependent, um, and the way the two players play is so draining physically. And one of them just kind of like like Harden when he gets worn out, just kind of throws junk up. Yeah, yeah. And the other one just just blows his hammy. So. And and Chris Paul's not good anymore. Let's let's. Well, sorry, he's not great anymore. Right, so let, let's keep that in mind. Chris Paul, remember yeah, last he's, year? Chris he's Paul, been playing some great ball recently. but He's you're, not I'm, an isolation guy like last year. But what, what, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's better now or, or in the or a series later? I think considering that they're 21-4 and four over the last like 20, 25 games and this is the healthiest they've been, they're better off taking their shot early. But um, what they really want is Beverly to do some dirty work and have Steph hobbled oh, God. going into it. Like I mean, but the but the reality is they're gonna be yeah they're probably better suited playing the Warriors earlier on before the Warriors get rolling. Um, but even then, it's hard to think it matters too much. Um, you're better off playing the Warriors when they're vulnerable, and their vulnerability has more to do with injuries or health. Yeah. So. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny that we're like, hey, maybe the Warriors can be bored in the postseason. It's the it's the, it's the dang postseason. How can you possibly be bored in the By postseason? By the way, I but, disagree with you. I think seeing the Rockets on their side of the bracket is going to make them want to take care of the Clippers faster. Um, I don't think they fear the Rockets. I think they want to sweep the Rockets. I think they're bothered that it went seven last time. Uh-huh. I think they have um, – a little added motivation there. Like they, like I could see them sweeping the Rockets and then going seven against OKC. Oh God! You, you know what? You, but you get you get what I'm saying with that, right? Listen, Sam. If they're sweeping, I get what you're saying. If they're sweeping the Rockets, they're doing the sixteen and zero thing. Like if they're that, if you don't beat the Rockets by playing basketball, that'll allow you to lose against the Thunder or the Bucks or the Raptors, whoever, if they are sweeping the second best team in the NBA, they are running through. Are they the second best team in the NBA? Oh yeah. I would have to agree in a seven game series. I don't think they take over the Rockets. I think would you take over the Rockets? I think I'd take Boston. I think I'd take Milwaukee. You know, Marcus Smart is out for two. No, actually, I was going to say, with Smart out, I don't even know that I'd take him out of the first round right now. <laughs> no, no, no. They'll beat, they'll beat Bojan, Bogdanovic. Stop yeah, it. That team's scrappy. And that team, <laughs> li- and that team likes team. each other. So, <laughs> But, like, um, I might take uh, Milwaukee Stop. and Philly over, over Houston this year. This year. not Last year's Houston was better. Objectively, last year's Houston's better than any what, team in the East. What right about now. the Phil- – well, let's get into this. What about the Sixers makes you think? Like, how, how do you That's really a lot of talent, way? man. That's a lot. Like, for all their – for all their dysfunction, that's a lot of talent. Okay, so we can do this like a playoff preview thing. What I disagree. I, I, I was a big Sixers guy. I don't see the talent mainly because I don't see them working together. I get Tobias Harris is all right, and, and Jimmy Butler is good, and all these Jimmy, guys. Are Jimmy good. can do Jimmy's thing. I mean, yeah, you're right. They're not. Let me let me pull up their number for as for. You might have a point on the Bucks, by the way. You might have a point on the Bucks for as bad as Philly's been, or I don't want to even say bad, but I guess disappointing. Like we mm-hmm. we we expected more. Their starting lineup numbers are absurd. I'm gonna pull it up for you. I and. It's mostly we expect them to play like the Warriors because it's a bunch of name guys who are all all-star caliber players, and they don't. They kind of play – they play like a bunch of good players who've never played together, right? Yeah, it's ugly. I, I've but watched, they win. It's they ugly. win a lot. Um, yeah, their starting lineup is plus 18. So that, you know, Redick plus the four guys we mentioned. Yeah. 
I mean, they're dominant. Their issue is depth. And I don't know how much that depth matters in the playoffs. Um, you'd like to have more than five guys for sure. Um, but, I mean, it's still a really tough lineup to deal with. Not, I mean, Houston, I mean, they're not better than Houston. And let's keep this in mind that in terms of the postseason, they can't. I, I'm not a big Celtics guy. But show me that they can even beat the Celtics before we talk about Houston, right? The Celtics are the best team in the East when they're, like, locked in. I just don't know that they have that ability to, like, at this point, the, the best version of the Celtics is more of an anomaly than a regular. It's the best, or, the best version of the Celtics has not come up at all this season. It, it's, once, it's once every six games, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, there, there's no way I would. Like, the Bucks, I can I can give you, but... The Bucks, the, Bucks the Bucks aren't going to beat them. The Bucks aren't going to beat themselves. You know, you know for a fact they have like they have the chemistry, the buy-in, um, on top of a, a lot of talent who knows how to play together. They just um, don't have the top-end talent though, outside of that one guy. Like, I'm not scared of Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. I'm sorry. Like I've they're this, not. Um, I've posed this question to a few people, but don't you feel like if you upgraded one of Bledsoe or Middleton, you'd be all in on them? Yeah, I mean, put Clay Thompson on that team. So you the, can play, th- put Clay on any team. That's my question. But... Who's like the worst player you'd feel comfortable switching Middleton or Bledsoe for, and being like, "This is, this is the best team in the East. This is a team who can challenge the Warriors." It probably you probably Actually, have to challenge Bledsoe the Warriors. for someone. I mean, either way, or you know, switch Middleton for Clay. Yeah. Or switch oh, Bledsoe for like. I'm trying to think, like Dame Lillard, obviously, right? Yeah, I think we have this conversation. Maybe even Kemba. Um, maybe not Kemba. I don't think Kemba's good enough. But, but here, here's the thing. I don't think. But no, that, that, that doesn't matter anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> if so, in terms of how the Warriors go, I I don't think that that anybody's better than Houston that they're gonna play because Houston's played the Warriors to seven before. They have that experience. They've done it. They know as much as we like to think that they're a lot better. They know certain things that they are better than the Warriors at. Things like they can c- cut them out of their offense better. And James Harden. You know, can find some some uh, problems with the Warriors' defense. And they mess with the Warriors' pace. Like the number one thing the Rockets do, which never gets mentioned, is they muck up the game by controlling the ball. Like they're like a um, they're like an, a football team who just runs the ball and doesn't let your offense get on the field. You know what I mean? Like, and then the Warriors get the ball and they can never find a rhythm. And that was like 90% of the Warriors issue because everything the Warriors do is based on rhythm. rhythm. Yep. Yeah. You get the Warriors in transition, the game's over. Yeah. And, like and, and they yeah. can't because it's like Harden dribbling it down to 20 seconds. And it's funny because like Looney's standing there and Harden's standing there and Looney's standing there and Harden's standing there. And like nothing happens for 20 seconds. But it's effective at like the Warriors get the ball and they're like, we, we haven't had the ball for like eight minutes, you know? <laughs> No, that's they shorten the game. They shorten the game. It's choppy. It's ugly. I don't care what any James Harden fans has to say. It's ugly, right? Yeah. The Rockets play some ugly basketball, but they muck it up. Like you look at you look at uh, let's say the Warriors play the Bucks. The Bucks play beautiful basketball. You want to play beautiful basketball against the Warriors, you're gonna get smacked. You don't play fire with fire. Like if Giannis wants to run with the Warriors and Bledsoe and Middleton, these guys are chucking up shots, dude. You give the Warriors more possessions and more chances to shoot the basketball. Right. It's simple math, right? Like that's 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 you're losing 140 to 130 every single time. So, I mean, against Embiid, like maybe because Embiid can slow the game down and no, and Boogie Cousins looks like a uh, small person Boogie compared looks to so small yeah. next to him. It's yeah. it's it's kind of jarring, honestly. It's very scary. Yeah. It's very it's very scary. But they have the length, you know, all those things. But I, I just don't. I think to the earlier point, if the Warriors, like you say, are going to lock in and they're they're going to want to put up a statement, they roll through the Rockets, man. It's going to be ugly. Like this postseason is going to be like another coronation, like sixteen and one type of type of thing for the Warriors, which is what you want, which is how you want to, you know, this is a good segue, which is what you want to get, you know, in the last Oracle season. So you know, works out. Yeah. Okay. We have official the Warriors open Saturday at Oracle. And it's going oh, to be time? Saturday at 5. 5 p.m.? This is shocking. I didn't realize. By the way, that means our uh, Warriors World Radio show on 95.7 is going to be on Sunday night. That is true. Sunday at 7. Perfect. Make sure to tune in, guys. 
Um, five five o'clock on Friday, huh? Saturday. Sorry, Saturday. Sorry, it's oh, weird. All right, we're doing Lethos Life Insurance. Life can be stressful, but getting life insur- insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, affordable, and not complicated. At getethos.com, code SMET-STRESS-FREE. There are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars. No hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy reps. It only takes 10 minutes to apply and rest assured knowing that you've taken steps to protect your family. In most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day and no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance should not cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete applications in just a few minutes. Go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. And the code is smet Stress free. SMT dash stress free. Let's transition this. Um, so, Marcus Thompson, friend of the show, wrote a wrote a piece about Bob Myers today. Um, as everyone is familiar, uh, Magic Johnson quit his job as president of basketball ops because he was because he wanted to tweet more. Um, <laughs> By the way, the man was getting $10 million a year and just walked away because he was unhappy. Like, you, you guys how just set you have to be to do that? Do you think he walked away? Uh, Willingly? I think he was just fed up. I mean, he doesn't need the job. He's not um, – he's, he's so accomplished and financially set in life. He's the kind of guy who takes jobs he likes only. 10 mil is 10 mil, man. It is, but this man owns stake in the Dodgers. He owns a billion businesses. He doesn't like I, rich I mean, people I, only like to get richer. That's the, that's, the, that's the rich people motto. But he could probably get richer using his time doing other things, like tweeting. Yeah, he could get ten million dollars from Twitter to tweet. That was that was the funniest um, explanation. Like where he's saying like he's tired of being told he's tampering when he tweets like good game, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I just think Magic Johnson, he seems like – I have no, no idea who Magic Johnson is as a person. But he just seems like someone that just wants to have fun and right. just wants to like – he he, Yeah, he's he's like the Warriors. He He's like the Warriors. He's just joy, fun, like all these buzzwords that – you know, happiness, these type of – he just seems like that guy and – you know, like the job that Bob Myers does half the time, like it's it's a. Remember, he had that Bob Myers had that huge beard after Andre Godala. They traded for Andre Godala, and he was saying how like he hadn't slept in three straight days. He was trying to like flip first round picks and come off salary and all these things to fit Andre Godala's contract uh, into the into the salary cap. And it's just like, does Magic Johnson look like someone that would do that? Does he want to and, be on? You know, conference calls for 48 hours in a row. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like everyone thinks or well, no, no one thinks this, but like, you know, you think the cool part of GM is like executing a trade on trade machine. And, you know, that's like not really what you're doing. (laughs) Relationships. You know, you got to talk to people that you don't like. And, you know, guys like Rich Paul apparently don't get this type of stuff. It's like you got to talk to people that you don't like. You got to deal with people that you've never dealt with before. I, I don't I've never done it, but I assume. Right. Um, and you've got to deal with personalities that you don't like. I mean, I'm, Matthew Johnson is apparently like a ruthless dude, right? By the way, shame on the Warriors. I mean, sorry, shame on the Lakers for hiring him and Palenka and not knowing this stuff. Like, how do you not know this um, when you're an organization, like a first-class organization, and you don't understand what needs to be done and then hiring Magic and Palenka? It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but let's get to this piece. So the oh, Lakers right. – <laughs> Lakers are going to go after Bob Myers. There's been rumors they've tried to hire Bob Myers in the past. And kind of like Clay, if Bob was going to leave, it'd probably be for LA. You know, Bob's not looking to move to, um, you know, Indiana just for the sake of it. But LA is a place he's been, he's lived for a long time. And, you know, the challenge, you get, if you're an executive being the guy who makes the Lakers good again is obviously an attractive challenge. Um, do you think there's legs to it? Or do you think this is more the Lakers, um, you know, kind of 
what barking up a tree, I guess. Um, short answer. Yes. Uh, my question to you is why do you think Jerry West left? Money. Like it was, it was reported, right? It was money. Money plus credit. Um, so who takes the credit, right? Who's taking the credit? Like Lake up in Myers, right? Like is kind of what's going on. So if you're Bob Myers, he gets credit. So I guess the issue is money. Like, I don't know, but if I'm just, I'm just going to put it of... this way. If the Lakers offer him double his current salary, if you're offered double your salary and the chance to go to LA and be the guy who resurrects that franchise, is it non-attractive? Bob Myers is instantly more famous. I don't know if he cares about that stuff, but if he's a Lakers GM, oh my goodness. And if Joe Lakeup didn't want to pay Jerry West, let's just say it was that, like that, that money piece. They didn't want to pay Jerry West and Jerry West left. I'm sure there was more to it. Do you not think the same thing could happen where Joe Lacob doesn't want to pay Bob Myers as much as the Lakers would want to pay him? Well, right? I think that one's more interesting because um, Jerry West was a consultant. He wasn't a day-to-day person. Bob Myers is a day-to-day person. He's running the show, right? Um, and I don't know how much they needed West. Like They needed West early on to kind of be that voice of credibility they even said it like they needed him to kind of give him a cloak of credibility around the league because without him you know they were just they're the same old warriors they're the same old chris cohan warriors you know um but but this is a different situation so the the question becomes what do you i guess the question for the warriors is how much how much is bob myers worth keeping Oh, oh, Bob Myers is one of my favorite Warriors uh, personalities. The amount, his, we talk about how smart Steve Curry is. Bob Myers is the same way. I think what he has to deal with behind the scenes with the players and managing Eagles is if, like, who are they going to get, right, (laughs) to do that? Right. There's nobody that, Steve Curry is not going to be able to manage that. I love Steve Curry, but he's also a coach. You cannot do both. And there is nobody that, with the relationships and the IQ that Bob Myers has. If the Warriors let Bob Myers go, it is a massive mistake, in my opinion. Um, because let's say they keep Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant stays, DeMarcus Cousins, whatever it is, right? Let's say that happens. You're, you're managing those guys for the next five years, uh, you know, if Draymond stays. And by stays. the way, good luck having credibility with them because they all respect Bob. Um, it's not easy to. Bob Myers is not Rob Palinka, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> he's not. He's not quoting Paulo Coelho in The Alchemist. <laughs> People like him. <laughs> not not up there telling you about how signing KCP is. <laughs> I don't. The Book of Genesis. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Alchemist. It's like the Israel. Yes. It's like the Israelites warming the or uh, roaming the desert. <laughs> Oh, Polinka quotes are just hilarious. I don't know. Yeah, you've got to be like you've either got to done a lot of drugs or just you just got to be. He's just charismatic in a bad way. Um, but like you were saying, Bob Myers, people respect him. People like him. So, so I think he, the thing is, it's this is this is how you know the Warriors have arrived because everyone's trying to steal their people now. Yeah, you know, like obviously everyone wants Kevin Durant. Everyone wants Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. I mean, Steph's not free agent, but you know, who, whatever Warriors star is approaching free agency, every team's going to want him. But beyond that, you know, it's like if there's any, everyone wants every piece of them. You know, St- Steve Kerr is locked up, but if Steve Kerr wasn't locked up, teams would be trying to get him, right? And Bob Myers, kind of the same thing right now. You know, the Lakers need a GM, and they're shooting for you know, quote unquote, the biggest fish that they can get. And the, keep in mind here, the Warriors have lost people. They've lost their analytics guy. They've lost the people on the medical staff. They've turned over people here in the last couple of years. It's not like they've kept their coaching staff in place. Um, Gentry's gone. Gentry's not having much success. Um, yeah, but, AD, you get, but you're, you're okay with a Gentry or a, a exactly. Travis Flank leaving because exactly. like, you can't you can't force someone to stay in an assistant coach position when they get offered a head coach. 
Exactly. So they'll live with that. Or or like when you – like Travis Schlenk wasn't going to get promoted over Bob Myers. So when he got the chance to get the same job as Bob Myers, you had to let him go. Like it's the only right thing to do. But Bob Myers, like there's – Exactly. He's – we're talking about the same position just with another franchise. You cannot lose Bob Myers. Like you can lose these guys and people want them and that's maybe fine. And that's gonna ha- and that's gonna players. happen. What like this happens to the Spurs every three years. Whoever pops head assistant or Buford's head assistant GM is like the new hot. You know, like if I get you know the, this top Spurs assistant, we're gonna be the next Spurs. And you yeah. know sometimes it works like with Budenholzer. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. But you know they don't get Buford's there, and Popovich is there, right? And if Lakeup, because don't you think it's all on Lakeup? Is it not on Lakeup to figure this out? Like, if Bob Myers gets hired by the Lakers, it is af- is almost a hundred percent Lakeup's fault. Yeah, he made a decision not to not to go far enough to make the guy want to stay. Yeah, that's ego. Um, so, do you think? But end of the day, do you think that's uh, it's really going to happen though? You think that the Warriors are going to let him walk? I, I doubt it. It's like the Clay situation. I really doubt it. No, it's just like this is this is what happens when you're you're the top team. Yeah. It gets you know people are going to come for your people. That's what I'm t- <laughs> people are going to come. Um, do you want to talk about Magic before we get into the mailbag here? Your thoughts on that? I know I, I talked about it a little bit at first, but I just think I, it's I, I have my own thoughts. Oh, let me hear them then. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> I, I just think so. The exit interviews were supposedly today or, or coming up or whatever, and there was a video that came out that showed LeBron on his phone, and he's just saying crazy or something. He's just saying crazy, crazy or something, and then the security guard shoes you, shoes whoever is recording the video away. In my opinion, if you're the best player in the world, self-proclaimed, you are the king, self-proclaimed. You are the leader, most popular player, actually he is, on the most popular team in the league. Do you not have to at least show some face here and kind of settle your team, settle your franchise, settle the fans, and put some calm in like what is one of the more embarrassing situations in basketball? LeBron is a leader just because he's that great, right? He likes to be known as a leader. Do you not have to do that? Like, Isn't that something that you – is required of a player like it's i just don't understand he wants to have it both ways he wants to take all the credit whenever somebody wins a championship or does something well and then he likes to hide in the shadows he's when retired wrong. man he's given up <laughs> it's i mean i don't know what else to say he's given up like i'm tired of the the goalpost things he said he thought 16 sealed his legacy as far as i'm concerned he retired in 16 you know, like it's and it's fine. He has played a lot of basketball, but it's it is what it is. Like you just kind of he's over it. So I don't I don't know why we care. I, it's just a, like you said, the goalpost shifts. It's just you he's, can't. He's have retiring it both with ways. three titles, and he's going to make it pretend that the third one is worth six. And you know. Twenty percent of the people in the world are going to buy it because twenty percent of the people in the world also, you know, think a wall is a good idea. So it is what it is. I'm I'm uninterested at this point in it because it's it's just kind of sad. It is sad. It is sad, and it's it's good for the Warriors because you look you look at the Warriors and they're rolling into the postseason. They're ready to put on a show. And you look at the Lakers who lost on a buzzer beating freaking Mo Harkless three last night. And LeBron's on the sideline. He's just grinning from ear to ear as his franchise. Just a disaster. Like, you can spin it where they have young guys and they have cap space and they have first-round pick. But it's a disaster. There's no way around it. You don't have a path. You don't have a GM. You don't have anyone that matters. Or they have GM, technically. <laughs> no president of ops. It's just it's a disaster. And it's it's what the what's the it's and what the it looks like you have, and it looks like you have ownership that doesn't understand why it's a disaster and there's constant infighting. That's the thing. It does feel like the Cohan Warriors because the Cohan Warriors were defined by like various factions always trying to fight for power, like Robert Rowell trying to find a way to oust Chris or Chris Mullen. You know, 
And that's kind of like what went on with the Lakers to a degree. Um, uh, back time. Yeah, let's get a couple of these questions to get out of here. I got a good one for you, by the way. I'm going to let you start. Um, from Linden Boulevard 1. Can you guys discuss the Dirk legacy and the change in perception? Okay, so I like this one. By the way, um, watching players that I've seen their whole careers retire is kind of surreal, right? Um, Dirk and Wade are two <laughs> you of my old, fa- bro. Dirk and Wade are two of my favorite players. It's weird to see them. I, as far as I'm concerned, they're both top twenty all time. Um, they're Ooh. top ten in my lifetime. So I'm just going to assume there's 10 players before that lifetime that were legit too. No. <laughs> but, and I can, I can back those arguments, but we're not going to. The thing with Dirk that stands out to me is um, how my perception, how he made me change the way I look at basketball. Um, people tend to forget the whole OO. Like we hear like Steph's too small. You can't win shooting. Dirk got that a hundred times over. Not too small, but like, the, the stereotype was if you're a big man, you got to play in the post. And he just would get mocked for being a big man who shot from outside. And even though they won like 55 games every year, some years they went to the conference finals, sometimes they went to the finals, it was always kind of like you can't win that way. Um, and he was never taken seriously. Like people would assume KG was better, although the evidence doesn't necessarily point to KG being better. Um, or, you know, Chris Webber being better again. Not really sure he was better, you know? Tim Duncan's the only one who can really claim he was probably better for duration of his career, and some of that was situational. Um, Dirk was kind of that first player that, like, when you look at it in retrospect, you're like, the gravity of how good a shooter this guy was took teams out of their core defense so much that they didn't know how to deal with him that he just piled on wins. And then on the second part of it, the dude just kept getting better. Like the Warriors beat him in 07 by putting small guys on him. And then he finally learned how to deal with having small forwards guard him and won a title in 2011. I think he's still very underrated all time. And I think his whole career, I think, I think he kind of blazed the trail for what Steph inevitably did in many ways. Oh, I thought that was perfect, dude. I love how you made it about Steph though. (laughs) Beautiful. No, I, I thought that was that was great. I, I think the way that players view Dirk was not the same as players viewed Steph. I think Dirk got it much tougher, but there is definitely a, a, a bit of jealousy, disdain for for Steph, and there was a lot more of that to Dirk. Wade was an asshole to him, right? You know that. Everybody knows that. And they can kind of brush it under the, the rug or whatever now. But that was simply true back then. I, and I actually think it's important to remember that because Dirk did something that we all wish we could do, which is he made his haters not only respect him but revere him. So people didn't they, – they outright didn't think he was as good as them. Like he's not on our level. And by the time he retired, everyone's like – Oh, yeah. This dude's on our level. This dude's absolutely as good as us, and we were wrong. Making people say they're wrong about you is the most satisfying thing of all time. And it's damn near impossible. <laughs> yeah. Do. I mean, it's it, it's it's not easy, and it's, you know, I mean, Zion Williamson's going to come into the NBA next year, and everyone's going to proclaim him the next thing, and he's going to probably have some ups and downs, but no one's going to question his talent. People yeah. are going to question, like, whether he can get there. People questioned Dirk's talent. They didn't think he was talented enough to be They thought he was guys. soft. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. They thought, it's like kind of the, the stuff with Steph. I mean, Dirk is a big, tall, European white guy. And so they thought he was soft. Yeah, we and get physical with him. We can beat him. All you have to do is do that. The same thing with Steph. Steph's not white, but they said he was soft. You get physical with him and you can beat him. Same thing. Right. What's funny enough is they don't say that about Clay. But they say that about Steph, and so it, it's 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 definitely not true, right? We've seen Steph get it. We've seen him come back up. We've seen him play through injuries. Steph's probably one of the toughest guys in the league. Um, and same with Dirk. I mean, to go through that and then win that championship against the the Heat, that was spectacular. They were heavy underdogs, right? I mean, coming into that series, and the Heat, 
let's kind of relitigate that series a little bit. The Heat were celebrating. They were cocky. Like they thought they had that thing when Wade was celebrating in front of the Mavs bench. And then oh, the, when they were the coughing, Mavs, when they were oh, yeah. coughing, oh yeah, because Dirk played a game with a flu and they were mocking him. Like, I don't know how this all gets forgotten. Um, it's just kind of like no one wants to mention. It's like the Jordan Crawford dunk on LeBron that got deleted in in the high school camp. You know, it never never happened. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this all happened, and it just kind of speaks to. I mean, it's kind of what we like about sports, right? The guy who no one thinks is good enough just keeps working and proves he is, and then like the bullies or whoever on the other side are essentially like have to show him the respect they weren't willing to give him. Oh, I mean, that that's it. That's 100% it. That, that we can kind of paint LeBron and Wade in that light because that's kind of what happened. And LeBron and Wade got humbled. They absolutely got humbled. And they got they got destroyed in that series, and LeBron vanished, got shut down by J.J. Barea, and it was probably the lowest point of LeBron's career. I mean, that thing was an absolute failure, and they choked that away. And the war, and the uh, the Mavs took that away. So that was, that was good for Dirk. I mean, he won one championship. I mean, I think some of the bad stuff you can say is that he stayed on the Mavs and he wanted to stay on that team. But, I mean, they were terrible for a long time. I mean, he took a lot of pay cuts, and he really was never given a chance again you know, to win. Fu- you know, the funny thing is um, – That's tough. They were great. Well, they were, they were competitive basically from age 20 – for basically 12 years of his prime. And then after he won the title, they just made a bunch of bad decisions. Yeah. And I don't know how many more years he had, but like the two years after the title, he could have absolutely been a centerpiece guy, but they just didn't have the right team. And then, and then it just kind of turned into like, okay, he's in the late career stages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. Cause we're, we're, we're up. Uh, we got a lot of questions here. Uh, do you have one or, or do you want me to roll with another one? I have, I have another one. Go for it. Um, so this one's from how Drew do you do? This one's a, a big listener, big follower. Has anyone's public image drastically changed as fast as Anthony Davis's has? So I'm assuming he asked this question after Anthony Davis was pronounced probable and then on wore. the last Pelicans home game. And then he wore a shirt that said, I forgot what it said. That's all, it said, folks. Yeah, that's all, folks. It's a goddamn embarrassment. I said embarrassment a few times today. But let me go, let me run with this one. It is pathetic. And he said after, like, hey, he, I have someone that puts clothes out for me, which is complete bullshit. You have a brain. You're 25, 26. You're an adult. What are you doing? Anthony Davis absolutely ruined a year of his career for no reason. Regardless of the Pelicans could have made the playoffs or not, they probably wouldn't have. But you sign a contract. You're getting paid a lot of money. It's not like you're injured. Go play basketball. You're, you're a top – Six player in the league. Like, go play basketball. Like, I get it. The Pelicans don't have a great training staff, and they suck at building a team. But just say you're not happy and go play. Like, And then you come out here and you kind of throw your teammates under the bus. And Alvin Gentry, after he said it was the most toxic situation that he's seen in like the 30 years that he's coached or whatever, or been in basketball. And it's just – just respect – oh, my – I don't know what to say, Sam. Sorry. You're going to have to take it. Because you just got to. You know what's interesting to me is he's trying to follow the LeBron playbook, and it makes me realize (laughs) it's like like when people see Steph pull up from 30, and then they do it, and they look like idiots. And it's like, no, he can pull up from 30. You can't do that. You should, like, go work on your mid-range shot. Um, So it's like. LeBron is probably the most talented player I've ever seen. And, but with his talent comes his, his like control freak tendencies and his ability to kind of, you know, try to use his power that, you know, ultimately throws the team off because if one guy is more powerful than the coach, it just, it just upsets the dynamic. You get what I'm saying? Yep. But people put up with that because of how good he is. Like it's kind of like the Faustian bargain where it's like I kind of hate all this stuff he does, but he's so good, he guarantees a certain level of success. I'm going to deal with it. Just drop a Faustian bargain in there. That was yeah. fantastic. Poli-sci yeah. majors. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. The thing is, if 
you're okay with like someone like LeBron doing, you're not even okay with it. You just deal with it. Anthony Davis isn't LeBron. Anthony Davis <laughs> has dragged a team to the second round once. There you go. There you go. That's exactly. I'm it. not even sure Steph could do it. If Steph tried to do that stuff, I don't think it would work because one part of Steph's greatness is his ability to lead people. And if he did that, he'd have a hard time leading people. Exactly. Right? Exactly. He, like, that, yeah. He wouldn't be in that situation. Um, it's just kind of like, why are you, you like, that's not what, that's not what made LeBron great. That's kind of the, the thing that held him back. Right. And you're taking like the wrong lessons from this and it's not really beneficial to you. It is not. It is not. And at the end of the day, like we saw Anthony Davis last season, uh, postseason against the Blazers. Like he was by far the best player on the court in a playoff series with Dame Lillard out there. Um, and he's got that talent. He's never going to be LeBron. Um, LeBron's a top five player of all time. But it, you just you, – this is the type of thing you just – it's just bad. Just as a leader, as a teammate, as just someone that you want to play basketball with. And Anthony Davis is probably going to win a lot more in his career and he'll probably grow up and he'll turn 28 at some point and he'll be like, oh, man, I fucked that one up. It's just he, he should have better people around him to try to figure this stuff out. Like, his agent is Rich Paul, right? Like, like, come on. Like, there, there's a better way to do this. There's a more professional way to do this. It's like Magic Johnson coming out there and quitting and claiming that he didn't tell Genie Bus. I mean, you can, there's a better way to be, to be uh, uh, professional. And, and this was just ugly all around. Um, huh. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, we're, let's get out of here. Um, we will be on the radio Sunday. Sunday night, seven to nine, reacting to game one against the Clippers. I'll have all my Shea Gilgis Alexander takes, and uh, we'll be back on the podcast next week. Um, we'll see why after Probably game, game two. Yes, yeah, yeah, game two is on Monday, so perfect. All right, man. All right, brother. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.